0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, looking forward to spring, but today is not looking like spring. Uh, we are here with episode number 162 of The Yacking Show. This is a show to awaken you to new perspectives, and you need to do that for the changing world we're living in, and it's certainly changing every day as we go through it. As always, interesting guests on the show, but it's not my job to introduce guests because Kathleen does a much better job of that than I can ever hope to do. But before I introduce my co-host, let me give her a plug. Kathleen can help you with your IT problems. So if you need to recruit talent and you're having difficulty finding them, or if you need Her contact details are in the description, both on the video and the audio channel. So welcome, Kathleen. How are you doing? Are you as cold as I am in Ontario today?
1: I sure am, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Winter just won't let us go right now. (laughs) Thank you for that introduction. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you. And we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out. either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. His name is Kevin Mills. Welcome, Kevin. How are you today?
2: I'm doing well, and I'm excited to be here.
1: Excellent. You are the co-founder of Streamlined Podcasts. Now, this is a company, folks, if you are interested in podcasting, already have a podcast, you will want to listen to this. He would help you. Kevin's company helps uh, podcasters um, make their podcast look absolutely professional and gets them out on air. So, welcome to the show again, Kevin. Tell us uh, for our audience, can you give us a little bit about your background and how you came to create streamlined podcasts?
2: Yeah, it's been a it's been a very interesting journey, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, so, I got my first full time job, quote unquote, when I was like fourteen years old. Um, and it, the, the very first thing that I was doing was actually working at a body shop that my dad was the foreman of, and I was doing commission-based work, repairing cars there. Um, but I really didn't have a whole lot of passion in what I was doing. I was just the kind of person that could pick things up very quickly and easily. And so I went to the owner of that company and I was like, Hey, I like working for you. This is great and all, but I I really don't have any passion in what I'm doing right now. And he actually had a weather company, an online weather company that he had just started up. And he hired me on to help with um, basically setting up all of the different live streams and um, setting up the website. We did different like conferences of sorts where we set out booths and tried to get the name out there about the platform. Um, at one point he had me climbing these like radio towers and putting webcams at the top of these towers that way we could show the broadcast. And so that was kind of one of the first forays into quote unquote media. Um, and it was, you know, it's been a journey since then. Um, I will say throughout, throughout my journey, I've had a couple of moments where I've been I guess a little bit more interested in making a good salary than doing something that I'm passionate about. So I spent uh, several years in sales. I spent three years doing direct sales that went really well, you know, made a good income. But again, I didn't feel that great about what I was doing. Um, I went from there to mortgages selling mortgages Um, again, great money, but you know, at the end of the day, Um, I didn't feel like what I was doing really made that much impact. And so um, when I first started selling mortgages, A, I was listening to podcasts all the time to try to better my skills, so to speak. Um, But along that journey, I ran into a guy that I had met several years back who had gotten into podcasting. And he was doing it really well um he had one of the top 20 business podcasts it's called build your network his name is travis Mm chapel and he started a mastermind to teach people how to build a successful uh podcast and then consequently monetize it so i paid him a, a good chunk of change to be able to be a part of that group and that's where i started my podcast um, in that group, I met my other three co-founders of Streamline Podcasts, Carl Sona, Rob McClellan, and Hans Truzina. Um, they all had radically different backgrounds. Hans is an Olympian. Rob used to be the CEO of one of John Maxwell's companies. Um, Carl had a very, very successful run in medical device sales and a successful exit there. Um, so all from very drastic differences Uh, or different walks of life. But we all had the same goal. And that was to create a podcast that made a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a part of that goal, we were running into similar challenges. And that was the post production of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we signed up to be podcasters to share our message, not to edit audio and design graphics and write show notes and publish and we had no interest in being involved in the um, all of the stuff that it takes to actually get your podcast out there. And so we did what a lot of podcasters do and we hired VAs. And if you've ever gone down that route, you know, that can almost be just as much work sometimes kind mm-hmm. of managing everyone's mm-hmm. schedules. And then when someone's sick, well, now you got to push your release date back. It was just a whole nother set of nightmares. Um, and you know, we went to see if there were any podcast production agencies in the market that kind of provided a solution here that would be consistent, reliable, and affordable. And there were certainly agencies that did good work, but they were by no means affordable or anywhere close to it. Um, The majority of pricing at that time was pretty close to around a thousand dollars an episode for um, decent work. You know, now that number has gotten a lot closer to about $300 an episode, but we still felt that that was too high. So we put our brains together. We um, did a few different things. A, we developed a, a pretty impressive system that helps us keep everything in one place and manage the, the workflow of all of the different episodes that we're touching. Um, and then B, we invested in finding some of the very best of the best content writers and audio engineers in all of these different countries across the world mm-hmm. to be able to assemble what we call a super team to be able to, you know, handle all this production at an affordable price. Um, and then consequently, you know, the majority of our prices are going to be a lot closer to like 70, 75 bucks an episode. So it's a lot more feasible um, mm-hmm. for the everyday podcasters. So that's kind of the overview of, of the journey. Wow. Um, yeah.
0: Very good. So before I forget, tell our audience what the name of your own podcast so they can look you up.
2: Yeah. So it's called Screw the Side Hustle. I'm actually not (laughs) releasing episodes anymore with that um, for a couple of different reasons. But the main reason is I found that at this point in my life, I don't really enjoy being behind the microphone as much as I do being a part of the production process for all of these other creators that we're empowering. Okay. <clears throat> um, okay. So yeah. Fair
0: comment But this those episodes are available? Though. Yes, they're still okay. available.
2: A lot of great episodes. One that I would really suggest would be the one with Steve Sims. Um he's a phenomenal person. that's lived a insane life um and definitely worth your listen.
0: Great. So for our audio our video uh, audience, you can see that caption under the uh, under the film right here. And for our audio listeners, I will put that in the description so you can follow up on that episode of Screw the Side Hustle and the one with Steve Sims in particular. So let's move on. Uh, tell tell our audience about the services that your company offers, Gavin.
2: Yeah, so we're a full-scale podcast production company. So what does that mean? It means that you can show up to record and we'll handle everything else. Um, What we do specifically for podcasters kind of depends on what you need us to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a, what we call a base package that everyone kind of starts out at. Um, And just the quick 30 second rundown of what that looks like is it's $279 a month. And that gives you 120 minutes of content. So basically four 30 minute episodes Mm -hmm. a month. Um, And what we're going to do is we're going to edit all the audio. So we're going to put in your intros and outros, any ads you have. We're going to optimize it level. um, The audio tracks we will remove excessive ums and ahs. We're listening for audible editing notes um, and then as well as any overt mistakes. Additionally, when you upload it to us, you have a section where you can put explicit or written editing notes that we'll um, pay attention to as well. After we've edited it, we're going to ID three tagged episodes. So we're basically just putting metadata in the files to make them searchable. We're going to create SEO optimized show notes with highlights, tweetable quotes, and any resources that you mentioned that will be hyperlinked. Then we create a graphic that'll be resized for three different platforms. That way you can share it on social media. Um, And additionally, we're going to, if you don't already have a hosting platform, we're actually going to provide that for you and we'll upload it there. Um, But if you already have a hosting platform, we're kind of agnostic there and we'll upload it to any platform um, and we'll let you know when the episode goes live. And for probably 75% of our clients, that's all they need us to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do as well handle video editing, video clips, um, audiograms, guest booking services, uploading it to your website. As well as full production services where we'll actually have a producer on the recording with you that's kind of running the show for you, um, giving you uh, pre-interview prep docs Mm -hmm. and the whole nine yards.
0: Wow, that's pretty impressive, eh? Christine?
1: It's really remarkable, actually. what you right. So you've given us a glimpse of the, the back-end process of what it is that you do, and, and a little bit about the front-end in terms of the client-facing um, stuff that you do. Can you walk us through a little bit more about the client-facing protocol? So if we were clients of yours, how, how what, what yeah. would you do from the moment, I guess, that we connect with you uh, to the raw data that you then get? how what can a client expect
2: that's a great question um we've actually been working really hard over the last eight or nine months developing an entirely new um podcast production management application um that will be live april 11th so in roughly 12 days the process is going to change and for the purposes of this conversation i'll walk you through what it will look like on that new process absolutely so basically, you would go to our website um, and either if you have any questions, there's an easy way to book a call with us and we'll get on the call with you and iron out any questions. But otherwise, you'd select the proper package for the amount of episodes that you're releasing. You'd sign up. Um, and then after you sign up, it's going to take you through a sign up process. Or after you put in your credit card information, it'll take you through a sign up process that's gonna ask you for all of the standard information for your podcast that never changes. Mm -hmm. So like your cover art, your intros and outros, your release schedule, et cetera. After you've uploaded all that stuff to us, then you're gonna be redirected to the dashboard. And in the dashboard, there's a little button that says add new episode. You click on that button and um, that'll allow you to upload your next episode for us to work on. And so it's going to ask you things like, what's the episode number? When do you want it to be released? It'll have a field for you to put in any editing notes, any guests that were on the episode, et cetera, et cetera. After you've uploaded the episode, um, it kind of creates a new little line in the management app. And you can click on that individual episode and it'll pull up the episode page. And in that page, you can communicate directly with the team specifically about that episode, as well as add additional files or download the files um, that the team is turning around. Um, And so that's where kind of the majority of the communication Mm -hmm. will happen between us and you. Um, But if you ever feel like you need to get on a call with us for anything, A, we have a hotline that's available, um, but then B, you can always schedule a Zoom call with um, one of our reps we'd be more than happy to, to answer any questions. And we try to make ourselves as available as possible for our clients. Wow. Um, that's, yeah.
0: that's pretty impressive. Uh, so that, that has a, a big bearing on the next thing I'm going to ask you. We find, let me go back a step. When we started, we started doing two episodes a week and then we found we were doing very little else and we, <clears throat> we put some timing to it and we, we work on, We reckon between us, it takes five hours of our time, five man hours from start to finish for an episode, a 30 minute episode, video and audio. And that includes finding the guests, vetting the guests, coming up with the questions, the actual recording, the editing, the putting it on social media. So sometimes longer, but average of five hours. So my question is, and I know the answer to this, do you you think the average person who gets into podcasting has any appreciation for the time and commitment involved in, in doing this?
2: I think they have no clue. I think they expect you just getting a Zoom call, and when you're done, you upload it wherever it's supposed to be uploaded, and you're done. Yeah, I think that's the assumption, and that's definitely not the case. Um, I would say five hours. That's you guys have definitely got a really good system in place. Um, I would. The average person's probably spending between five to eight hours per episode. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've got the editing down to about 45, sometimes 50 minutes, including building the graphics. But it's taken me two years to get there. And uh, Kathleen does a lot of the vetting work and checking out um, future guests and that. So so the next question, sorry, there's a second part to that question. Is that why do you think a lot of podcasts don't survive more than a few episodes?
2: I think that's part of it. I think that's a big part. I -hmm. think that's like 70%. I think the other 30% is they expect to get more downloads than they get. Okay. Uh, okay. So like we're in the age of Instagram and YouTube where, you know, the successful YouTube channels and Instagram pages have millions and millions of followers yeah. and et cetera. And podcasting, that's just not the norm. Um, I actually have some stats right offhand hand here. If you'll just give me two seconds. Sure. So the top 1% of podcasts in the first seven days of releasing an episode get 3,800 downloads. The top 5% gets 790. The top 10% get 333. The top 25% get 90. And the top 50% of the medium podcast gets 29. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. So we're not doing too bad.
2: Yeah. And so right and a lot of people think you know i'm only getting 100 downloads or 50 yeah. downloads i'm not doing that great but what if you were going to a conference every single week and talking to 100 a hundred engaged people
0: absolutely that's what we we talk about yeah and and the value of the contacts you make through this is is, mm. is huge yeah interesting so that's very very interesting statistics So no, thank you for that
1: yes so actually what is your ideal who who is the ideal customer then for for your business?
2: Yeah, so the ideal customer for us is the person that doesn't want to worry about any of that stuff, right. any of the editing or show notes or graphics. They just want to make content. They just want to spend time interviewing people. If you're like that, we should talk um, because that's what our our company allows you to do is to be able to show up and record and forget about everything else Um, with that being said as a part of this journey into developing our production management app um, we've also been simultaneously creating um, software that is going to be for independent podcasters and production agencies um, that either are working with their own editor or they're editing it themselves um, in order to help ideally cut cut down that whole workflow that they're currently spending so For example, with this new system that we're using and it uses a combination of artificial intelligence um, and a few other pretty pretty interesting things that I can't really talk a ton about at the moment. But in our case, it's increased our workflow about 3x. So before we were using this system versus now, we're doing it about three times quicker and the result is much better, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah. Um, So, I'm pretty excited about that, but that will be a little bit later in this year towards August, September-ish. Okay.
0: Excellent. That's something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. So, I want to switch gears a little bit and and give a a preface to my question. I get, on average, 10 emails a week of people wanting to sell me their services from everything from website design to finding podcast guests to helping me create the world-winning podcast. and. I look at the headline, I don't go much further. Some of them I might look at the first line and it's delete, delete, delete. There was something about your one that was so compelling, I had to contact you um, to get you as a guest on the show, but to look at your first and foremost, to look at your website and think, wow, this is a service we need to use, we can afford it. And that's another question for later. So I don't know if you wrote that email, those emails yourself or one of your content creators did, but what I'm doing and I'm giving you an endorsement to our audience, those emails were really good and that's why you're on the show. So tell us a bit about your content creation services.
2: Yeah, so good question. Great question. Um, I actually did write the first drafts of those emails and I have a lot of experience with um, email marketing Mm -hmm. from being in mortgages and et cetera. Um, But with that being said, the way of reason it's as good as it is um, is because I did give it to my best content writer to do another pass on it. And he added Mm. all the special, special stuff, you know? Um, So we definitely um, very much prioritize making sure that the content that we're writing is engaging and captivating. Um, Although a good portion of the reason you have show notes is for SEO purposes, because Mm -hmm. audio files really aren't searchable. Um, Additionally, though, it it gives listeners, you know, a 10, 15, 20 second chance to say, hey, I want to listen to this episode, or I don't want to listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. And if it's just a word vomit, they're probably not going to want to listen to that episode. But if it's captivating and engaging, um, then the chances of them clicking on it are pretty high. And we all know in podcasting, when someone starts an episode, they're 80% um, likely to finish it to completion um, so again from your show notes to your title to even like the cover art design it's just basically set up to get people's attention and get them to, to question a little bit um, and to come into your ecosystem
0: okay so I've got to ask you something else there you said that on podcasts so we're talking audio 80% of the people who start it will finish I would guess that's a lower percentage on video
2: uh, yes, much lower on video. Much lower on video. To, to be fair, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I think it's somewhere between 30 to 40%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, probably. If, if you want to Google that and verify and put in the show notes. Um... Yeah,
0: and here, here's a, an observation, and I it's it's just personal observation with no science behind it. We find some of our episodes do much better on audio, and others, the majority do. We get more views on the majority on video than we do audio, but some of the audio get a surprisingly high number of of uh, downloads and we can't find a pattern. It's not as if it's one particular type of guest or one topic. It's sort of all over the place. And I I wish I could find the answer to that.
2: Yeah. So the reason you get downloads is not because people are finding it on YouTube or they're finding it on Apple podcasts. I can 90% guarantee you that Mm -hmm. Um, the reason you're getting downloads is because people are sharing it. So okay. maybe okay. on the episodes okay. where the video is doing better for some reason or another, the majority of people are sharing on YouTube sharing with that episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then with audio, sharing mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts. Um, okay. So there's Apple Podcasts and Spotify both. At the current moment, their algorithm for podcast discovery sucks. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. And so to get discovered, it has to be done through... Um, social media sharing, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, guesting on other podcasts. Um, we are seeing though that there's quite a few startups in this space that are trying to tackle this. Um, one that I would take a look at would be Potopolo. Polo. Um, and you know, you mentioned that a second ago, you mentioned that every week you get multiple emails from people trying to sell you stuff for your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever get to where you say, that's something I don't really like. Um, Polo is working on a solution for that. So ah. the, reason, the reason you get a bunch of emails is because you have a public contact email with your podcast. And when mm-hmm. you're setting up a podcast, there's no way to get around that. You have to have That's a right. public email. So Potopolo is creating a blockchain solution that allows you to verify it with like a blockchain wallet versus your email address. Ah, so that way okay. you won't get a Bunch of spam emails,
0: yeah. Oh. But the problem with that is then we don't get to meet guys like you, though. So there's that's a bit true. of a downside, true. a bit of a downside,
2: yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I know yeah, some yeah. people don't like it. Me personally, I really like having my email associated with the podcast yeah. because, yeah, to that point, it opens up a lot of opportunities. Not everyone sure. trying sure. to sell you something is purely coming from an a aspect of taking, you know, that's right. That's sure, the now way. there's Kathleen back to you.
1: So, Kevin, tell us about PodBox.
2: Yeah. So, the PodBox is something that we developed at the beginning of 2021. Um, so, we started the company basically as soon as COVID hit in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think April 1st was technically our official first month, but we kind of started on the idea in January. Um, so... And what we found over the rest of 2020 is we talked to a lot of people that could use our services, obviously, but there was a lot of people who needed help getting off the ground, right? And getting a podcast started. And so we said, hey, let's put something together that basically removes all barriers to entry and it has everything in one place um, for you to start your own podcast. And so we created the pod box. So. What's the pod box? The pod box is all of the physical tech that you need for a podcast. So it's literally the same exact microphone I'm using on this recording. Same boom arm, same headphones, the whole nine yards. Um, it'll have all of the cables, everything you need to, to get professional sounding audio. Um, and then additionally, it's going to come with this book. It's called The Easiest Way to Start a Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's really short. You read it in a plane ride, and it basically tells you everything that you need to know about starting a podcast and nothing that you don't need to know. Okay, Then we're going to give you access to our team to help you create cover art that'll show up in um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and make you stand apart from your competition. Then we're also going to help you create your intro and outro that um, introduces and exits the episode for for each time. Um, And we're also going to provide your hosting platform and get that set up for you. And then we're gonna actually edit your first four episodes for free. Wow. So mm-hmm. tech, all the digital assets you need and editing for a month, basically. Um, all of that is 497 bucks.
1: Wow. So, wow, well, Yeah, I mean, the
2: majority, I-, I could point you to competitor after competitor that charges 500 bucks for just cover art or 500 bucks mm-hmm. for just an intro and outro. So we feel that we're, we're pretty fairly priced there. And then if anyone feels like they need more hands-on, um, we do have an upgrade to that, which is called the max pod box max. And that's everything that I just mentioned. Um, but additionally, you're going to have four coaching sessions with our resident podcasting coach. And he's actually based out of Canada. Oh. Um, and he'll walk you through from start to finish everything that you need, um, to get live. Excellent extra and- 500 bucks so that would be 997 right Nine.
1: okay right and just to what? remind the audience that uh the dollar figure is actually in US dollars right
2: mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes that's
0: correct. but just as a comparison i've just paid our annual hosting uh invoice for the audio platform we use, which then sends it out to Spotify and all these others. And that was Canadian, something like 140 bucks, right? Just for the, the hosting of that. Everything else i still got to do myself. So what you're talking about is pretty good value. Mm-hmm. So while, while we're talking money, I'm going to throw an, another one in for you. Um, we, we love doing what we're doing with our show. And we started it for two reasons, because like you, at the beginning of COVID, everyone was gloomy and Miserable, and we thought, let's put a bit of life into people's light into people's lives. And secondly, we used to be attend a lot of live networking events. Kathleen and I in our local communities, and that's where we got contacts for other businesses. And that all died overnight. Mm -hmm. So we thought, let's help promote some of our local businesses, and we did in the first six months, promoted a lot of them. So it was an act of love, and we got to enjoy it, and we wouldn't change it for the world because we meet interesting people every week, like you. But we don't make any money out of it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We meet. We meet people and that leads to other things, which may or may not be good business opportunities, but the show itself doesn't make any money. So we would have difficulty taking your services on, as much as we'd love to, because it doesn't earn any money. So what is the the easiest way to monetize? And this is for a benefit, not just us, but our audience as well. With your experience, how do you Mm -hmm. monetize a podcast?
2: Easiest way to monetize is definitely not advertisers. That is the hardest part. Um, and it takes the most traction to really get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So let me just touch on that real briefly. Basically for every, for each ad, every thousand downloads that ad gets, the price on that is going to be anywhere from 25 to $35. Mm-hmm. So you need to be doing thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads. Basically you need to get 3000 downloads an episode on average in order to, pay for our services from just advertising
0: advertising sure
2: yeah um so that's just a caveat because a lot of people think you know advertising is the way to go Mm -hmm. in my experience the easiest way to monetize a podcast is definitely if you already have some kind of business that you can use the podcast to support and funnel customers and partners into Um, that's kind of no brainer, so to speak. I know a right. lot of people that have their podcast set up as prospecting calls. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that interview is literally a prospecting call basically. Sure. And then after the interview, they would um, follow up from there. Yeah. If you don't have some kind of business that you can tie into the podcast, to me, another very easy way is to create some form of mastermind or, um, coaching offer or sorts so for example you guys you're at 160 episodes plus now mm-hmm. um, the average podcaster stops at seven you guys seven. are doing yeah you're doing very well um wow. you know what if you charge 50 bucks a month 99 bucks a month to help people get a podcast started then you only need two or three people in that program to cover editing services right Yep. Um, and then the last way that I would say is a good way to monetize um, is by, so basically you take your audio, you publish the entire audio to iTunes, Spotify, et cetera. You take half of the video and you publish it to YouTube and you take the other half of the video and you put it behind a paywall behind and you paywall. make that part interactive. Right. So allow the people that are paying in that paywall to ask questions live during that interview. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a tool called Riverside that makes it really easy Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, And I think it's like 15 bucks a month or something like that. uh, Um, And it actually will help you get a lot better quality as well because it downloads local versions of the recording, not just the uh, web proxy versions.
0: Wow, thanks for giving. That's really interesting for our audience and, and interesting for us as well. So we, we I know we're running slightly over time, but I've got a question I've got to ask you. Kathleen, can yeah. I go ahead and ask Absolutely. my burning go question? go ahead.
1: I know it's burning, so go ahead. So
0: my burning question that I ask everybody, and yours is a slight variation, um, I ask all the successful guests we have, and we you're certainly in that category. But I want to specify about podcasting. So. Over the last two or three years, in my my opinion, the number of podcasters has exploded. And as you've just said, many of them don't stay the course, but there's still a lot. So firstly, do you think this trend is going to continue? But most importantly, what's the biggest factor that separates the people who do become successful? And I'm not just talking about making money from those who give up or, or never become successful. So it's two questions in one.
2: Yeah, I love it. Both great, great questions. Yes, this trend will continue. Let me explain why it will continue. Mm-hmm. It's because podcasting is killing radio. Yep. People said that in 2007 and 8, but it wasn't true, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's true. Why is it yep. true? Because all of our cars are being pre-built with podcast listening capabilities. God. And so that's historically where everyone listened to the radio. And now yep. they're using that time to listen to podcasts. Um, you can... There are two so if you go to our website streamlinepodcast.com, click on the blog and click on the market insights. Um, there's a chart there that will show radio literally going down and podcasting going up at a very exponential rate um, in the same time frames. Mm-hmm. And I very much believe that that's that's going to continue. As far as who's successful, who isn't, it's all about consistency. Mm-hmm. Consistency is the number one name to this game. Um, so for example, Joe Rogan, love him or hate him, Um, he has garnered the largest audience in the world, Mm -hmm. literally more than Fox, CNN, all of those major legacy media companies, all of them combined Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan gets more downloads on each of his episodes. Um, and why a sure he's famous and he's a really good speaker and et cetera, but he's been doing this for a long time. And it took him, I think, almost six or seven years before he really started seeing traction Mm -hmm. and getting some of these big numbers. Mm -hmm. So it takes time. You got to build that audience and you got to be consistent because the moment you decide I'm not going to release an episode this week, they're going to go find someone else to get that episode from. And then it's likely they forget about you.
1: Right. Very good.
0: I've taken more than a my share of time, Kathleen. back to you.
1: <laughs> so Kevin, how do, uh, how do we contact you?
2: Yeah, so the easiest way is to just go to our website, StreamlinePodcast.com, either hit contact us, book a call, any of those methods. Um, if you want to reach out directly to me, it's Kevin at StreamlinePodcast.com. Um, I really don't spend that much time on social media, to be honest, at this point uh so email is probably the best way to get in touch with me
0: yeah someone like me (laughs) i'm the same i'm the same and i've just got to throw in there i've spent quite a lot of time on kevin's website um before we asked him to be a guest because we like to check our guests out it's a it's easy to navigate and b it's it's really good and the blog is good some very good information on the blog very good descriptions of his services so go and have a look at it thanks
2: kevin appreciate that
1: Yes. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Kevin. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate all of you for tuning in. And once again, we love reading your comments. So do please keep those coming. And until next time, take care. Bye bye, everyone.
0: Goodbye.